0: Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series Episode 17 The Reflexive Practitioner By its nature, international development entails social processes that are inevitably transnational, intercultural indeed multi and involve the interaction and intermediation of extensive actor networks with different logics and life worlds, as social actors, practitioners are themselves extensions of culture, bringing to bear deeply held cultural norms and perspectives, and having to reconcile these with organisational and political culture in their domains of practice. The dual role of translator and cultural embeddedness creates identity and role confusion. The inherent contradiction of the role as practitioner and the associated dilemmas facing practitioners is how to define their role in relation to the purported beneficiaries of development intervention. A common approach of many development commentators across theoretical schools of thought is to encourage the autonomy of the subject through consultation, analysis and reflexivity. However, while the interaction of the external practitioner with beneficiaries influences the actors in the immediacy of the exchange, self-awareness and reflexivity brings its own existential complications. Reflexivity is a key concern of development commentators as it brings to bear elements of individualist agency as a transformative factor. It provides the means by which we can understand the intricacy of the individual social agent within a complex structure. And it is the means by which the practitioner achieves self-awareness and actualizes agency. For Ferguson, reflexivity acknowledges the ability of individuals to move beyond passivity by critically reflecting on their actions in ways that may reconstitute how they act and feel and even reshape the very nature of self-identity itself. For others, it has a practical potential for changing practice. Reflexivity also creates an opportunity for improvement, for looking at current practices and finding ways of improving them, adapting them to the transitive cultural contexts that encompass human existence in the globalized world, and simultaneously interrogating the co-opting of the criticism by the dominant paradigm. Building self-awareness of the actor's reality and their potential or limitations to influence or challenge this may itself pose a risk to neoliberalist development ideology, in that it often leads to a critical analysis of an intervention or situation and the individual or collective actions required for transformative change. Critical self-awareness is frequently the factor that develops cynicism in the development practitioner, or realism in the participant beneficiary, leading to disillusionment, disengagement or self-interested actions by both. Regardless of this effect, neoliberal development discourse continues to exhort the causal power of individualist self-awareness to social change at both the personal and collective level. Such a process sets the preconditions of real self-development. A given population... Besides, building its own road to self-improvement addresses itself to the causes of and reasons for its current situation. The practitioner is often not unaware of this contradiction and resolves this dilemma by acting in many ways as the sceptical agent, well aware of the contradictions within their role and having to navigate and negotiate these in sets of complex interactions. Institutional and procedural requirements exert significant pressure, with the result that even those potentially capable of presenting realistic information are sucked into the system producing reports, analyzers and solutions which conform to the expectations of development discourse. Clearly, despite the individual good intentions of officials and development practitioners in carrying forward development interventions at local level, they are subverted by the overriding discourse and institutional environments in which they find themselves, placing emphasis on individual self-awareness risks underestimating the power of institutional governmentality. Development practitioners operate within institutions that are governed by idiosyncratic logics and are influenced by the cultural norms and values of the society which hosts and supports them. Development institutions are also significantly shaped by the progression of development ideology and their position within the global discourse and structure established by it. In turn, it is also true that, by virtue of their structure and mode of functioning, they have an institutional grip on the minds of the agents involved in them. These intersecting beliefs, values and culture determine the fundamentals of organisational behaviour – and provide the basis for interaction and transaction between the organization and other actors in the development arena. Within institutions, transmission mechanisms can include ideological conditioning through strategy and methodological narratives, routinization of practice, and career incentives that condition the practitioner to self-regulation. International development institutions reinforce these elements in their intra-organizational communications, decision and rule-making. The practitioner thereby becomes a key conveyancer of the power of external expertise to national and local spaces. And, despite their individual attributes, reflexivity is more likely to lead actors to experience conflict with surrounding structures and seek opportunities for change. The often fraught negotiation between individuals An institutional interest that arises almost inevitably resolves itself by compromise of the former to the normative power of the latter. NGO bureaucratic systems tend to prioritise their own internal operational and financial priorities over considerations of effective or ethical development practice. These priorities are primarily determined by the juxtaposition of funding sources and their associated donor interests and expectations and considerations of operational cost and efficiencies. What is of paramount importance is the financial sustainability of the institution, as the continued operation of the institution equates to continuance of development delivery. While these priorities create some disjuncture, mainly in the form of inter ngo competition in donor markets and operational localities, in the broader scheme, they converge relatively seamlessly as part of the global architecture of international development and aid. Notwithstanding the clear structural contradictions and subversion of the political through the imposition of global developmentalist discourse and technocratic instruments of the local, Development discourse often lionises reflexivity and maintains a desire for better political interventions, where development practitioners should be armed with the best political analysis possible. They must also be aware that no study can tell them exactly how political actors in any particular country will behave and that they will need to adapt to changing circumstances. Yet for all the entreaties for reflexivity in development, There is little evidence that this has influenced general development practice, nor has it led to more politically attuned practice. Development approaches and technologies have remained remarkably unchanged in the face of significant theoretical critique and a manifest failure of practice to respond to the central concerns of this critique. Rather than being unreflexive, development practice purposefully reproduces the ideological foundations of developmentalism and frames the subjectivities of the practitioners necessary for its reproduction. So, what conclusions can we draw from development practice performed in a context of developmentalism? The practitioner occupies a position of primacy in the transmission of development discourse, and should be considered instrumental to the actualization of this discourse in development practice. It is also clear that these actors do not have equivalent power and status and the potentiality of their agency varies considerably as a result. Local actors may have the potential to exercise agency, but it is far more likely that those in multinational, state and private development bureaucracies, the state apparatuses and private organisations like NGOs in the recipient countries, And the experts, development brokers and norm entrepreneurs from northern countries will have a greater influence. In fact, the differentiation between development professionals and community practitioners is a deliberate construct within development, designed to create and maintain enclaves of knowledge creation and transmission that valorize technical expertise over community knowledge. In this way, the transmission of development discourse is enabled through the transnational influence of the expert in applying technocratic and managerialist models over localised practice. Development professionals become both the transmitter of development ideology and its bulwark in that they represent a powerful class exerting their own privileged authority across an array of development institutions and their practice. This reflects itself in the self-conscious perspectives of the community development facilitator. As one in an NGO said, we are shy to offer our views when visited by head office people in case we say something wrong and are seen to be ignorant. The hierarchy between local, national and international staff is an important factor in the positioning of the community development practitioner identity. This identity is bound and rendered vulnerable by their locality and nationality. While national and international expert staff are empowered by their privileged position in the development industry, the community development practitioner's source of status and power is their knowledge of the local and their intermediate position between the institutional forms of development in the form of the state and NGOs. Versal calls this the paradox of dual-embeddedness, practitioners who sit simultaneously as community members and as development workers, trying to translate across cultural divides. Their participation in both the culture of formal organisations and the culture of the communities where they live and work gives them both professional and local knowledge. Their individual power is both generated and constrained by their representative status of development in the locality. The potential of the community practitioner to utilise their position to influence development is constrained by managerialism in development institutions and practice. As individuals, the development practitioner may demonstrate personal attributes that motivate for more progressive practice, based on equity and commitments to social change. But their agentic potentiality is established only insofar as they are able to efficiently combat core elements of development ideology within their institutional domain of practice. Reflexivity in this context does little to resolve the paradox for either the development professional or the local development practitioner, Planet Worker, a world in development.